Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL Hometown Heroes Edition. Yeah, yeah. special Hometown Heroes yeah, Edition. This, this, this is a special Hometown Heroes. You know, we did a Hometown Hero Edition in Houston. Shout out to H-Town. Um, but we're going to take it where, where we from. Greenberg, New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the sure. The town for real. For sure, for sure. Greenberg, New York. Very special place. So we've actually already had two guests from from our hometown yeah, already shout um, out to val shout out to val valencia that was a great episode um and we had simone also simone, who, yeah shout out to simone one man. of the partners in, in curl fest so yeah we were lucky enough to have two people that we already grew up and went to high school with so now we got the og from our neighborhood <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. big dog <laughs> mr. mr greg barnett so first and foremost thank you for for, for joining us man well thanks for having me man you know pleasure's all mine you know you guys, what's up? I'm excited. First podcast I did, so I'm doing so. You know, let's get it done. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be good. So, yeah, as you guys know, um, you know, we talk about sports entertainment a lot. That's kind of the the whole theme of the show, and um, well, not the whole theme of the show, but a major part of the show is the backstory to sports entertainment. So this this interview right here is right up our alley. Um, Greg is an NFL agent. He does a lot of other things as well. Um, He's an entrepreneur, he's a family man, he's involved in AAU basketball, real estate investor, he does a lot. He used to actually be a school teacher as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you and Troy got that. P-E, P-E, P-E. You and Troy are also Jamaican too, so you got yeah. that. Oh, wow, oh, for Jamaican sure. too, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm t- I don't know how all Jamaicans ended up in Greenberg. Somehow. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, was born, I was born in the States, but the whole family, everybody in Same here, same exactly. Everybody Jamaican. So, I got married in Jamaica too. Shout out to Jamaica, man. Shout out <laughs> to Jamaica. So, Lagarde Air, that's the, the, the agency that you're with, right? Correct. 
And you got some 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 high profile clients. You got um Cal Fuller, who was a he's a Pro Bowler last year, right? Pro Bowler last yeah, year. Cal yeah. Fuller, Justin Houston, mm-hmm. um, Rashad Jones. Yeah, Percy Harvin, the legend. Percy so Harvin. He was, he was a client of yours. So retired now. Yeah, for sure. So we're gonna talk about a lot of different things in this episode. We're gonna talk about um, you know, the journey uh from being an NFL agent, um, and how you got there. But before we start, I wanted to kind of give a little backstory on it because I think it's interesting. So you started as a school teacher, right? Correct. And but you always had a passion for sports. So how did you transition from being a school teacher to an NFL agent? Like most people wouldn't put that right. together. Well, it's interesting because when I started school teaching, uh, I was doing an internship at the same time with a guy by the name of Mike Harris out of Philadelphia. And um, it was a sports marketing firm. And I did, I used to, you know, follow him around, drive up to Philly from Baltimore, follow him around. He was dealing with clients back then. And basically he introduced me to Joe Siegel, who at that time, you know, was a high profile agent. And basically um, I started off with Joe Siegel while I was still teaching. I started off as a consultant with him and uh, basically worked my way all the way up to uh, senior vice president and partner in the firm. Yeah, so you, you started out in phys ed, and a lot of times people get the misconception there, right? They, they right. say that those who can't teach, you teach gym, <laughs> teach right? Gym. No, th- those who can't teach, no, those who can't do, teach. teach those gym. who can't teach, teach gym. Exactly. <laughs> we, we, we've heard that plenty of times, right. but you said that you created your multi-marketing f- like firm, their gym, right, that you have from that position. Well, well, yeah, the gym was Athletic Advantages, which is down here in Atlanta. And um, while I started, when I was a uh, PE teacher, I always thought of, like I enjoyed it, yeah. but of course I didn't enjoy working for anybody. I ain't, there was things about the PE that I ain't like. I ain't like, yeah. you know, helping kids with lockers and discipline <laughs> problems, so much like that. Yeah. So I said, how can I still do this and, and enjoy it? So when I got the opportunity, I created my own sports performance gym uh, down here in Atlanta called Athletic Advantage. And what that does is it trains athletes. It's, um, you know, you can train like a pro uh, from the young, youngest age of six all the way up to pro athletes. Um, I opened it up here in Atlanta because also what I noticed was a lot of my, Atlanta's a hotbed for athletes in the off season. Mm-hmm. So when they came, when they come here, they looking for somewhere to train. So a lot of my guys was coming here and asking me, hey, we're, I need to work out for two weeks I'm here, this, that, and that. So that's where I came up with the idea. Let me just open up my own gym, hire some trainers, and um, my guys can just train at my gym. Yeah, so I mean, like that's that's like super inspiring because a lot yeah. of times people think like, oh, that's just gym class, that's just gym class. Right. Meanwhile, like you're actually plotting something in your head that's bigger. Right. I think one of the, the great advantages is that we don't get to take homework home. Right, right. We don't have right. to worry about any state mandated right. tests, and we get to have fun. Like our job is just to make sure that the kids have fun and they learn. But they, like you said, there's a lot of things that you know we don't like to do. But that's good right. though because right. most teachers think like this is it. Yeah. Your mindset was like, I'm thinking bigger. Thinking bigger, wow, yeah. you know, and, 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 and I was tell, as I was telling Rashad earlier, I have a little saying, I go by, um, find a job you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. That, that's from me doing it, uh, being a sports agent at, but it was also the same concept when I was a PE teacher. I loved what I was doing. I loved going to work every day. So what was the process of actually opening up a gym? Because a lot of times people have aspirations to do things, but they don't really know the blueprint. So you just... You know, you had a background in sports, obviously. Had a background in sports. Like, how did you, like, what, what, did you, what did you do to open a gym? 
basically you look for a spot, you know, and basically you had, I had to come up because I struggled with different concepts. I don't know if I wanted to do where everybody was paying for memberships to get into the gym or kind of like the, the barbershop salon syndrome where, you know, you, you hire a couple of trainers and they pay you gym rent and they just charge whatever they want to charge. They have access to the gym 24 hours. So I kind of did a mix. I a couple of, when I first opened up, I had a couple of uh, trainers who was paying rent, but then I also had guys who I just hired to teach his classes. So, you know, I had most of the younger athletes, six elementary and, and middle school, they were paying for packages. Hmm. So they paid for classes, and I would have, I, I hired uh, trainers who basically trained them. Also had trainers who was, um, renting space that had their own clients to come in. So it's just going back and forth, seeing which one was more uh, profitable. So, you know, different areas is going to work for different people. And you had, you had some, um, some teams, like high school teams. Oh, like. yeah, oh, a lot of local high school teams in Atlanta when I first opened up for the first couple of years and still do uh, football, lacrosse, baseball, soccer, uh, had some tennis players, all, every sport. Some some book like the whole teams were coming and, and book sessions and some might just be individuals. Yeah, athletes. how big is sports in, in this? Because we from New York, oh. so you know, growing up, you know, we in the sports, but it's not like how it is, especially football in the south. It's not like it's like oh, it's not oh, like oh well, in the, in the south, it's like Jesus Christ and football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's how it is in the south. Like Friday nights, that's where you are. You're at a high school football game. Saturday, you're tailgating. You're either at a University of Georgia game, Georgia Tech, or you're in front of the TV watching SEC football. This is SEC land. Yeah, and then country. Sundays, everything shuts down. You're either at a bar watching NFL game or you're at the stadium. Or people just, just go to the uh, Mercedes-Benz stadium and just tailgate and have a TV out there. So it's we, huge. It's huge. So I'm, I'm glad you said it about the SEC because that just made me think about something. So it's a hot topic in the, in the news lately that California – just passed a, a, a bill. It's not official yet, but right. yeah. it's on its way to, to becoming official in a couple of years where they're gonna allow athletes to get endorsements. endorsements. So we talked about the NCAA before as far as, you know, they don't allow you to get endorsements. They don't right. allow you to, you no, know. No, they wanna make money. all the money yeah. themselves. Yeah, so what's your, what's your, as an NFL agent, right? Right. What's your, what's, what's your take on the NCAA and like, how do you think that's gonna turn out in, in the future? They, can, they can't keep that forever. Like, it's, it's a model that's not fixed, it's, it's broken. I mean, it's been working this far. I hope they can break it. You know what I mean? That's what I'm hoping because they're getting rich. The guys, they're, they're, they're millionaires and they're, they're making all the money off these athletes and they say, okay, they're getting a free education, but that's, that's not enough. You know, you, you go in, I remember, I never forget uh, watching the segment, uh, the Fab Five on 30, oh, yeah, 30, yeah, 30 for 30, 30 and now Jalen, Jalen, huh? That was a solid one. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Rose talking about, yo, I'm sitting there trying to get food, but, you know, my jersey's in a bookstore selling, but yet I got to borrow money to go get a sandwich. You right. know what I mean? That, that hit hard, you know? Yeah, not for sure. So I hope it changes, you know? I think it will. So, like, for, for, for your clients that, that you recruit, um, right. How, how, how do you see it affect them as far as being NCAA? Because what people don't fully understand, especially for big-time college football, is that it's a real job. Like, yeah. it's not like you just going to school and just playing oh, a man. recreational sport. It's a real job. And it's hard for people to fully understand that if they haven't been through it themselves, right? Like, how, how strenuous – can you tell, like, how strenuous – because, like I said, you're recruiting college kids, so you right. know. How strenuous is it and hard is it for a big-time college football player to – 
manage going to sports, family, school, all that. It's so hard. And you talk to these guys, and it's, it's interesting because sometimes you see a guy that's just foregoing his eligibility to enter the league, and he might only be ranked, you know, projected to go maybe fifth, sixth, seventh round, something like that. But he's leaving because he can't handle college anymore. It's just strange. It's like, mm. you know, you're up 5 o'clock in the morning. They own you. They basically own you. They do the schedule for you. They own you. If you don't love football, you're not going to last in college football. You, got, you have to love it. And you talk to these players. And I remember talking to a, uh, a college coach two years ago. And I was like, you know, why is such and such leaving? He said, man, any chance these guys get, they leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a lot on them, you know what I mean? So what, what, And that window is so small that you can earn that money in the NFL, so you want to go while, you know, you still got, you know, you don't have too much dread on the tires, you know what I mean? So what's the process like, right? So in order to to, to be to in, get it to get a, a client, right? Are you meeting okay. with coaches first, or do you have to know the family? Like, what's the process of getting a Every client? situation is different. I might have a college coach that might, you know, uh, be able to to recommend me, you know, to somebody I know, to somebody that you know they they know needs my services. It might be somebody I have a, a pre-existing relationship with, just you know, from my hometown or something like that. But most of the time, you got to reach out to the kid or his family. And that's after they've declared eligibility. No, you're allowed to talk to a player as soon as he gets in college. Oh, okay. But each state and each school has individual law, laws, so you know every every situation is different. You know, you got some states and some schools that say you cannot talk to them at all, mm. did, but a certain time of the year, you know what I mean? Some schools let you talk to them. The problem is you cannot, you know, provi pr provide any benefit for them oh, so while they're in school. So, you know, you can't take them out to lunch, dinner, anything like that. It, you know, it, it would be... It's like the Reggie Bush deal. When they, there you go. <laughs> right? Consider an inducement for you trying to stop. Right, you so, can't buy that Yeah, you can, there you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. So, yeah. yeah, so the next segment, we're going to go over some details of the, of the NFL and a lot of things that I'm even actually curious to know about and um, the nitty-gritty of uh, contracts and things of that nature. All right, so um, we got to talk about the beginning, too, because, you know, like I said, this is Hometown Heroes Edition, and we all come from the same place. Yeah. Um, but a, a lot of times people, we like to give hope to people that sometimes, you know, don't have hope, right? A lot of times, especially where we come from, it's like you think that you get a union job, and that's like, that's it. That's like hitting a lottery, right? Um, especially, you know, coming from a public school system, a lot of times it's not, it's not the best, right? But me and you have a similar situation where we actually went to public school, then we went to private school as well. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. saw both sides of the coin. Um, we was lucky enough, you know, through athletics and then, you know, going to college, stuff like that. But you actually have a very interesting story um, because when you were in public school that we, we came from, you were in an alternative class, right? Special ed, <laughs> short buck, shorty, whatever they used to call it. So like, how did that, how, how did that, how did that affect you? Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's, like I said, for people who might not understand it, but you know, there's a lot of stigma that comes with that, right? Right. So for now, it's like to be an entrepreneur and to be an NFL agent and right. to come from special education, yeah, like humble beginnings. Like, how did how did that did that motivate you or yeah. it motivated me? I, I mean, I hated it. You know, I hated being in special ed. You know, you you got picked on sometimes, not really too much, because you know, 
I was a pretty big guy in high school, <laughs> so nobody was going. But you know, it's funny at one land, you know, everybody else was switching classes, but I was in one class switching death. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? <laughs> you know I, was, I was in there switching death. Right you by know the home. Right. And you know, everybody from Woodlands and that Greenberg area yeah. know about the crump classes. Right you know by the home ec room. Yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? And Shout you know, I Lakers. played sports. I played varsity sports, uh, basketball, football, ran track and everything, but. Being a special ed and having an IEP was so interesting. It's funny, I still have those IEPs at my house. I, it's on the file. And I remember when they used to, you know, it used to have your goals and it used to say things like junior college or self-employment, things like that. Those teachers never projected I was going to go to school, you know, college rather, you know what I mean? But I left there at that time when a lot of athletes left Woodlands and went to a couple of different private schools, Stepanak, Harvey, Hackley. Me and a couple of uh, other guys, we went to Harvey, which was up in Katona, New York. You know, it was a, you know, it was an okay, uh, prestigious private school. And from there, I went on to another prep school. After that, I did a postgraduate year, which a lot of people don't know, at Milford Academy up mm -hmm. in Milford, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. From there is when I got my offer to play a, a full scholarship to play football at Morgan State University, which is an HBCU down HBCU. in Baltimore. Maryland, which I love. The Bears. I, the Bears. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm Morgan made, as they say. You know what I mean? And Another Morgan alum. We had uh, Valencia. Valencia, she's from Greenberg, she's from, too. She's from Greenberg okay. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Shout, okay. Shout out to Val. Yeah. I think you posted her on Twitter. She had this whole post. Of, yeah, she had this Why I Love My HBCU campaign. Okay. Yeah, I, I seen it on your feed. Yeah. yeah. Shout, out to, shout, shout out to out Baltimore, man. I got, you know what? We actually have a lot of similarities because you know who else had an IEP at Woodlands? Who? Yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> right, little right. known fact. Little known right, fact. Right, right. And then you went to college in Baltimore. Right, exactly. I went, right. I went to prep school. Right, you went to prep school. Right, right. Same right. route. Same you route. Know. We follow the same route. Right, right. So, you know, I'm self-motivated. I always knew where I belonged and what I can do. I just needed a chance, you know what I mean? I wasn't going to let anything hold me down, you know what I mean? And that's one thing I really pass on to my two sons right now, you know? You know, don't you can do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? Don't let them classify you or anything. That that special that I looked at, I remember, uh, remember my mom calling it a dumping hole for black students. Mm. That's what they used to call mm. it. Yeah, you know disproportionately I mean? they're placed in there. Right. Yeah, nah, sure. it's it's real because it's like a black hole and a lot of times once you get placed in that in that category, it's like you they lose you, you lose self esteem, you yes. lose your confidence. Yes. But yeah. me personally, I never looked at it like that. I just I just always knew that I wasn't interested in learning the way that I was being taught. Right. So I think that that's probably why I got classified as an IEP, but it's interesting now because it's like obviously people know I'm not dumb. Like they know right. I'm they know I'm intelligent. It's just that, you know, at that point in time in my life, I just wasn't interested in being taught the way that they was teaching. And you, you both of you guys are in, but well, weren't in educate choice. Still educated. Yeah, but you I just realized educated. I'm the I'm the only one that graduated from Woodlands, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but nah, but it, but it's 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 a it's a real conversation though because it's like um you know we don't we don't fully appreciate like blessings that we have and it's like right. me and you were fortunate enough to go to private school private and prep schools, school, but. Yeah. What if we didn't get that opportunity? Right, like, right, you know what I'm saying? Right, what if we would have stayed right. and who, who knows how who knows life would have been different? Right, like, right, you know what I'm saying? Right. There's so many kids that are bright. Like, look at your NFL agent. I'm doing, I'm in business. I'm have a podcast. Right. And it's like, obviously, we're, we both had IEPs. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So we I'm both... looking for a couple of those teachers. I just can't find them. <laughs> I know they're alive. I just, you know, just want to talk with them, you know. Yeah, nah, Say I... thank you. <laughs> it's, it's a real conversation. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad we actually even had that conversation because we got to highlight 
you know, the what's what's wrong with the system, but also we just gotta give motivation. That just because yeah. somebody classifies you as something, that's, that you doesn't go. end right. your life. Right. Like, that's right. just that's right. their opinion of you. Right. I think what you guys are doing, like, and have, are doing, have done, it's inspiring and it's inspiring, right? It gives kids hope, like, look, I know these dudes, they from our community, right. man. And, right. and kids everywhere, like, yo, I can do it. This classification doesn't limit me to who I have to be in the future. That, that's good. Nah, that's dope. You. So, what was your experience at HBCU? I know you're big on HBCUs, and it's yes. actually a thing of um, a lot of people talking about athletes now yeah. mm -hmm. should start going to HBCUs. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's realistic because of the funding. Yeah. Um, what's your What's your thoughts? Like, your about whole, my experience or about both, athletes both, going there? Both, both. Well, my experience, uh, I, it was different. I'm I'm gonna. It was different, but I loved it. I loved being around my own. I had enough. It was the best time of my life mm. to this day. You know, going from from White Plains, from Greenberg, New York, down to Morgan State University, and just growing into a man there. You know what I mean? Everything, living off campus and just getting around on my own. I just, I, I enjoyed it, and it, just being around your own people. You know, it was just so much fun. You know what I mean? And I don't think it's anything different from going to, or anything less from going to University of Maryland. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't see what some schools offer more than uh, HBCU. So, so what? I, I know that Stephen A. Smith is doing a campaign now yeah. where he's trying to get people to come back to HS, HBCUs. Um, um, what are your thoughts, right? Top level it's, athletes. It's going to be very. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, top level athletes, Zion Williamson, for example, um, actually choosing a school like a Morgan State or a Howard over a uh, Duke. Okay. It's, that's going to be hard to happen right away. Mm -hmm. Basketball. You can pick three guys, three to five guys as high school seniors. This may be about three stars, four stars. That's like, you know, how they rank you. The total is five star. Mm -hmm. You're gonna, it's going to be hard to get five-star athletes that's McDonald's All-Americans to go to a HBCU. We already know that. But there's schools that these guys are picking over HBCUs that's not any better athletically or academically. You know, I'm not going to throw any schools under the bus. Yeah. But if you go to a colonial school or any of those type of schools, why not go to an HBCU? Yeah. You know, a lot of those schools, a lot of HBCUs are beating those schools. Football is going to be harder because you know you're going to. You, it's more of a team sport where you need a lot of pieces to be successful. But you know, I have a lot of guys, high school guys that work at uh, work out at my gym, and you know they're up there. When I hear their their offers are from like Georgia Southern, Furman, Wofford. Tennessee, Chattanooga, I'm like, you know, those type of schools are equal to HBCUs. Go right. look at HBCU, you will have the time of your life. Yeah, you know I mean, they're everything from the facility, everything from the female, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I, and, and like I, I tell my sons, you know, if they're blessed enough to go make pro money doing something, that's that's just a blessing. But other than that, go to HBCU, get yourself some friends. We was talking about that the other day. Get Get yourself some friends. You know, get yourself a group. He's he's majoring in accounting. He's majoring in uh, engineering. He's majoring in whatever it may be. Form yourself a group, and when y'all get out of there, get yourself a business. Start a business. I mean, same thing. Puffy, there. Uh, Puffy put a lot a lot of his guys on from Howard. You know, you know. I'm hearing about the uh, story of the, the the former mayor here in Atlanta, Kasim Reed. How he went to Howard. You know, when he got in office here, he, a lot of his same friends. You know, he put on so. Mm -hmm. You know, get your click together and go for it. That's yeah. what that's what I'm, you know, hoping for. And that's what you did too. In Baltimore, you was actually had a production company. You was yeah. doing promotions, uh huh. Promotion. And you was throwing um, parties, right? Yep. We started as I actually I was a, I was still a student, and uh, myself and two of two other of my uh, classmates, uh, we started a company called Living Life Entertainment. 
We was throwing homecoming, homecoming parties, uh, shows. We did shows. We we did that. Was, that was what we did. We was a promotion company, and we did that from probably about ninety six to about ninety nine, about two thousand, two thousand and one. So is is that your first dive into the business world? Definitely. Obviously, I'm always saying you study education, right, and, and health science. So yep. this that's is where I learned how to hustle. And when I say hustle, you know, legally. I mean, everybody when they hear hustling, they think of a negative connotation. Hustle is somebody who could get money on any type of level. Mm. Yeah, and that's when we started. We was college students, but shoot, sometimes I was getting my refund check. You know what I mean? And going throwing that, throwing a party with that. You mm. know what I mean? But that's where I learned my business. I got my business foundation from. And we learned, and there was a lot of losses with that, you know what right. I mean? So we learned from that. So that was interesting. Yeah, that's dope, that's dope. So, all right. So now with the NFL, right? right. So we're gonna talk about the nitty gritty, but I had a couple of things that I always had questions about. When you hit a franchise tag, okay, what, what does that mean? Franchise tag, each team can choose one player that's gonna, uh, they can franchise tag. That one player is usually gonna be one of the top players on their team that's getting ready to be a free agent. When they franchise him, they got to own his right. They own him, and the contract is guaranteed mm -hmm. for that whole year, but you have to pay him an average of the top five salaries of his position. But while agents don't like it and players don't like it, because if he's the top player, it's about time for him to hit that big contract where he can get that big signing bonus, a multi-year contract. So it really holds him up. That is something that's in favor for the team, the franchise. I think one of the, the most famous ones, and I'm ashamed to admit it, but I'm a – I'm a Washington fan, and okay. um, this happened with Kirk Cousins. Okay, right. Um, where right. they had to franchise him twice, right? Can you can franchise, you can franchise twice. a player t twice, right? And so, like the last time, it was like either we're going to sign this guy to yeah. a long-term deal right. and give him thirty million, which right. he never was worth it, but right. <laughs> or we're going to have to let him go. And they and now he's the Minnesota now he's Vikings. Minnesota problem. Vikings, correct? Yeah. So that so it's two years that you can do it. You could do it two years in a row, correct? Oh, okay. Uh huh. So it is the average of five, the top, the five, top five salaries of your at quarterback. If you, in in that case, with Kirk Cousins, okay, right. and it's the cap number. It's not the actual what they make. It's the cap number, and that's what a lot of people know. It's the cap number. It's still high enough, high money, but what the cap number is basically what your amount is that the the, the team gets charged per year your contract per that year. If they go over the cap. They get penalized for that? You can't go over the cap, right. You can't go over right, the cap. Right. Cause like in basketball, you can go over the yeah, cap. Yeah, you know, baseball, yeah. you got the luxury, luxury tax. Luxury tax, right, right, yeah, right. yeah, you know what I mean? Like Yankees, they just went and paid theirs off for the next 30 years. They just said, we going over our cap. Yeah. So football, you can't go no, over the uh -uh, cap. right. Mm, okay. So, all right. So, and then all NFL eight, um, rookies have four-year contracts, right? Four-year contracts, the first, if you're a first-rounder, the team owns the option uh, the fifth for the fifth year, so basically, if you're a first year, you're if you're a first round first rounder, there's a chance you could possibly be there for seven years. Yeah, you got your four years. They they option the fifth, and then they franchise tag you after that. <laughs> so all right, so one thing I was always curious about because um, a lot of times fans on the outside they don't fully understand how this thing works, right? Mm -hmm. So like a Zeke Elliott, right? Who right. I think he was in his third year, and then he. He sits out, but they always do it the year before the fourth year, right? And well, this case, how many years? Zeke is, is this Zeke's this fourth is, or third? This is Zeke's third, third right? Might be his third, third, third year, year, right? Third, third year. Maybe his third. Yeah. I'm not too sure. Okay. So, this but yeah, third. so how does that work as far as like a player sitting out an entire season? Like, I think Le'Veon Bell did that, right? He did that last right. year. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like, what? 
as an agent, would you ever recommend your client do that, or how would you feel if your client did that? It's, each, each situation is different. Each situation is different. Some you're not going to lose. Some you're not going to win. You know what I mean? Some you're going to have to play that year. You know, Le'Veon sat out of here, but however, he lost money. Right. <laughs> you know, he lost money. So, uh, there's been some recent comments where um, we watched the NBA offseason where players are kind of dictating where they want to go. And now there's talk of now the, NFL the NFL is turning doing it into right. that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, right? Because we got like I think even it's good. I think it's good. I mean, I think, you know, I don't think the play, you know, you don't want to every time you get in an argument with a coach, trade, me. trade me. But, <laughs> you know, right now the owners have too much power. You mm. know what I mean, I'm hoping this new CBA is more player friendly. You know what I mean? So I like the fact that, you know, you'll be able to trade or, or demand a trade if you're good enough, right. you know, to, 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 to go on to another situation. So one thing we were talking about off camera also is a lot of times people don't fully understand. Like if you're a top player, I think like top 10 draft pick, you can have a Lloyds of London insurance contract, right? And that kind of like- um, Now you talking about when you're in college. College, yeah. Yeah, well actually you can get Lloyds of London if you're projected probably in the first two to three rounds. You can get, they'll, they'll carry you. In college? Yes. Okay. And so that, and that's like, it's and an insurance. What, and what that is, is insurance policy. Whereas if you get hurt during that senior year, you're going to, you're going to get that money. Now, I haven't known of anybody who has cashed out on any of those yet. They got a couple of different from what I, cause that's not my field. I don't uh -huh. sell insurance or anything like that. But from what I understand there's two or three different policies. Like there's a loss of value where maybe you get hurt in a bowl game and you was projected first round, but mm. you, you dropped the third, but nobody has been paid on any of those policies yet. And it's hard to really say, like, to prove that their, their, their value was low, because no one actually said you was going to get drafted in the first round or the top 10. So because Mel Kuyper or somebody puts that <laughs> on your on his page, that's not, that I don't know how that's going to stand up in an insurance case. I don't know. That's not my field, so, yeah. you know what I mean? But I know a lot of the schools are taking these policies out and paying for it for the kids, which yeah. is good. I think the quarterback of USC a few years ago, I forget his name, but um, he had, I know he had a, a sizable Lloyds of London contract. Mm -hmm. um, Did he cash out? Well, he never got, he never got hurt. He never got yeah. hurt. Well, but, there's a lot of players getting it right now. I haven't heard of any that has cashed out yet, though. Yeah. yeah. In, in terms of, like, guys, like you said, Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay, how much weight do you put in? what they're saying when you're looking at an athlete or a potential client? I go to him before I go to them. <laughs> <laughs> now, I usually talk to management in the NFL. Those guys are usually, the male cop, not, not bad mouthing them or anything like that, but you know, they're there for entertainment most mm -hmm. of the time, you know what I mean? So I like to actually talk to the decision makers. They're, those are the guys who really gives me my ins and outs on you know, who's worth it and who's not to go after where certain guys are projected. So those, that's who, you know, and that's because I've been in the business for 18 years now, so I have good connections where I can call people and they can help me out with things like that. So, like, how, all right, how does draft day work? That's another thing, because you see sometimes people who's like a top 10 draft pick and then they <laughs> drop to, like, 30. Right, that's the most stressful day of the so, year. Like, how, what, what makes somebody rise? or, or is, Do they already know so who they're going to draft, so or it's just, like, no, just spur no, them? They don't know. They'll know probably leading up to, the, like, the last, the next, last couple of days, you know what I mean? I was in the green room a couple of times, you know, and it's stressful, you know. You'd rather just have your client just watch it at home, be honest with you, but, you know, you're sitting there, you know, teams, teams lie. They lie. They tell you they're going to draft the guy, next thing you know, they don't, you know what I mean? So it's stressful. Different things come up. 
off the field uh, incidents that might hurt a guy and uh, have him drop things they dig, they go digging. They might like your film, but then they might find something else out about your drug test that you failed at college, things like that. You, you know, your brushes with the law, things yeah. like that. They, they monitor your social media. They might see some things with your social media that they don't like. And those are ways that can always drop you. Yeah, drop remember that, remember that happened to the, the dude from uh, Ole Miss? Ole Miss, exactly. They, had, <laughs> they, they showed he, he, was play, smoke, he was like smoking the ball. Like right when they was getting ready to call his name. <laughs> <laughs> like, right there where he was projected, you know what yeah. I mean? So surprise. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. all right. So I mean, so but you, right, as an adult that's lived life, that has a family, that has a wife, and you've experienced different things, but your clients are nineteen and twenty years old, right? Right. So like how is it working with with you know young men that are celebrities overnight and have a bunch of money overnight and have it's people that's right. like Psychologically, what is your role? Is it more of like a big brother, a father figure, well, all of the above? You, you, I don't try to be anybody's father because I'm not their father. When I ask these guys to hire me, I ask them for their trust. You're hiring me for my, my expertise and my experience. So you are the boss, but also I want you to respect me. If you're hiring me for my knowledge, respect me. All I can do is tell you what I recommend and the consequences of it. It's up to you if you're going to listen to me on that. You understand that? So, yeah, I would love to be a big brother type guy, but every situation is different. Some guys don't want that. Some guys just want you to do all business. Some guys I'm closer to, some guys I'm not that close to. So it's different things other than the contract that you do. You're helping manage these guys' life. I'm helping him transition from a college athlete to a professional athlete. You might have a case where this guy is living in Atlanta, Georgia, his whole life and goes to school at the University of Georgia, but gets drafted by the Seattle Seahawks, you know what I mean? Now you're on a whole different part of the country and you gotta know how to survive. When I say survive, like, okay, NFL wants you in the playbook all day long and all that, so who's gonna help you go and find somewhere to stay? Who's gonna help you transport your ve your vehicles out there? Who's gonna help you get set up? And that's what I do. That's why I'm on the road a lot. I like to be a part of their life as much as they allow me to outside of doing their contracts and getting their endorsements and things like that. So I help them transition from, you know, a college student into a professional. Like you said, their bank accounts in some cases go from $100 to three, four point million overnight. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not a financial advisor, but in terms of doing everything else, I want to help them adapt to that. So how is it negotiating? All right, so you do contracts. Right. How is contract negotiation? Is it easy? Because it's pretty much straightforward right now. Or no, well, I'll tell you what it is. Right now in NFL, your first contract, the money is slotted, but also there's there's default language that you got to negotiate. What, what does that mean? Default language is ways that they can take away your guarantees from you. Mm. So that's something that you got to negotiate. That's something that you have to have in there and make sure that the teams aren't putting things in there, easy ways for them to come and take that money from you. You understand that? So there, you'll have a contract and, you know, okay, uh, he's going to, if he gets suspended for head-on collision, whatever, whatever it may be, he can take X amount of dollars away from that. So that's something that can be negotiated. The amount of money you're going to get is already there. But the ways that you can lose that money, that's why you need to have a good agent that knows what he's doing. So yeah. how can, what's a few ways that you can actually lose? Like how can you- Oh, like, you give me an example yeah, yeah. of how a guy, okay, yeah. let's say, like I said, um, he's just, okay, maybe you're in jail for over 72 hours. Mm -hmm. A big difference, man, okay, you get charged with something, you're there and they keep you for over 72 hours, that means it's something different. And in a regular contract, it might just say, okay, if he's arrested, um, he can lose a guarantee. 
well, why not put in there, okay, such and such an hours because he can, he can, you know, urinate in the street and get, and, and put get in jail and, and get uh, released on his own recon in two, three hours. So is that fair for him to lose all that? Then, you know, we know something serious if you're there for over 72 hours, something like that. So there's different ways you gotta look at that and try to negotiate. Yeah, that's something important you said too. A lot of times people, see contracts, they see right. a player gets 100 million, but the signing bonus could be 69 million. That's the yeah. only thing that they're guaranteed in the contract? Well, it, it, they're signing, not necessarily, because it's all, you know, you have contracts and it's called, you know, c contracts are guaranteed on something called SIC, skill injury cap. Okay. So just because you see that he's getting that, that, that signing bonus, there could be more to that that's guaranteed. There might be, okay, per perfect example, you know, a B, uh, Antonio Brown could have had thirty million. And right. People thought that was guaranteed, but as you see, he lost that right. because of something he did. Stupid. He just had to make the the roster that first that, day, first day. He, right? And you, you see what I'm saying? Right. So everything is not always guaranteed, and sometimes there's things more guaranteed than others. Mm -hmm. You really have to read the whole contract for me to tell you. You know, a lot of times I get calls say, "Yo, is that all guaranteed? That I just saw such and such a sign." I'm like, you know, I I, can't, I don't I have to read the contract because mm -hmm. I mean these contracts is anywhere from seventeen pages to Bob. Be 40, 50 pages. So there's so many things in there that might, you know, trigger your guarantee and some things that might not be guaranteed. So you just don't know. A few years ago, you had uh, one of the biggest signings in the history yes. of the NFL for a defensive for his, player. Right. Justin said, Houston. Justin Houston, right, with yeah. the Chiefs. Correct. You said it was the most stressful day of your life. It was, it was, it was, a, it was the most stressful negotiations thus far because it was just, you know, Going back and forth with the team, getting the numbers right. We actually was negotiating from that past October all the way to July 15th, which was the last day because he was end up he ended up being franchise tag, and it was up until that July. You had up until July 15th to negotiate the contract, mm -hmm. or you would have to play that one year. So you know we got it done in the 12th hour. How yeah. much? How much was it? It was 101 total and 52 guaranteed. And, all right. So, yeah. all right. So, look, we, you could talk about that deal, right? Because it's done, pretty yeah. much, right? So, all right. So, how does that work? So, you got 101 total. Total. If you play out the whole contract, which would have been for eight years, with the same team, with that team. All he had to do. All he had to do was play. He didn't have to reach Pro Bowl or no, no. As long right. as he no finished. offset language on that at all. Okay. Right. But what you got to realize is sometimes, okay, the first four years of guarantee, which was that's what was considered the whole guarantee, which was the 52 million. So after that, as you know, they can cut you, which mm -hmm. they did with those bigger salaries that was about to start to hit. They cut them. They cut them. They mm -hmm. released them this past year, and I negotiated another extension for him. Uh, well, another uh, contract for him, which is a two-year deal right now, and he's with the uh, Indianapolis Indiana, Colts. Yeah, yeah, Colts. Oh, so you had, all right, contract is 17 to 20-something pages, you said. You have a legal department that actually reads that. You have a lawyer that you work well, with. Well, I'm I'm not a lawyer. I'm I'm CBA, so I'm a, a, I'm a certified contract advisor. Um, I have there's about four of us on our team. I work with a guy by the name of Joe Siegel, who is by far the most powerful man in, in NFL negotiation business. You know what I mean? So he's a he's a lawyer. We also have another lawyer on our team, and we have two other agents. So. We, we, we all look at our, our contracts together, but you know, we, so a negotiation, you know, you might have all of us looking at one contract, 
circling different things. And, and you know, when you do a contract, it's not like some people think it's, you're just at the table talking numbers. Mm. You know, contracts is usually done, you know, via email. They send the offer over, you know, we send it back, you know, this is what we asked for. It, you know, it goes back and forth. And then once the numbers get right, then you got a lot, the language has to be right. So there's a lot to it in the negotiation for a contract. And you, you spoke about having trust. And one of the things in your resume, you had, a family. Yeah. Right. You had a series of brothers. Right. That I had, yep, uh, the Fuller family. I had Corey Fuller, who I represented first out of Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. He was a wide receiver. He got drafted in the sixth round to Detroit Lions. After that, I had Kyle Fuller, who was a first round cornerback drafted to Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. And the last one, who's in his third year now, fourth year, third year. Um, Kendall Fuller, who's with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's, that's, and their <laughs> older brother, who I did not represent, uh, Vincent Fuller, was a draft pick with the t uh, Tennessee Titans. He's retired now. He's actually working as a lawyer. In so you have four brothers in the NFL. Yeah, four, all four of them. They're all siblings. All their siblings made it to the NFL. Wow. So what do you feel about, there was a quarterback of the, um, I think the Colts, he just made news because he, he, he did his own contract. And actually, right. we got somebody on the podcast, Brandon oh. Copeland, who Brisbane. negotiated. Huh? Uh, Brisbane. But yeah. The quarterback, yeah. Um, and yeah, he, um, Brandon Copeland, he also negotiated his own contract, too. He was a guest on the podcast. So what, what, would you, what do you think about players not utilizing agents and doing it themselves? Well, there's a little saying that goes, uh, anybody who represents yourself as a lawyer has a fool for a client. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if you have the background and you know it, that's all found and dandy. I know he put comments out there in the media that he didn't want an Beast agent BSing, yeah. BSing on his behalf. Why does the agent have to be BSing? You know, there's language. I didn't look on his contract for say. Everybody just looks at the numbers, and he was probably, you know, not talking bad at him, but he was probably yeah. just gunning out because they came and offered him something because Andrew Luck. Yeah, I so think he's it, like, oh, it, that might, I'm taking that. Hey, two, I don't need, two for 30, I think. I don't know, whatever, whatever it was. And maybe he's looking at it like, I wasn't going to get this if Luck was here. Right. I don't know. I haven't looked at the contract, but I just hope he's project, pr protected because there are ways that he can lose. I don't know what his guarantees was or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And that's why we earn our keep. That's where we earn our money. But, you know, to each his own if you don't want to use an agent. You know what I mean? Nah, for sure. All right. So, yeah, we got a lot of good gems on the, on the NFL. So, in the next segment, we're going to talk about career, pre preparing players for their career after sports yeah, and okay. some other stuff that the you do stage. as well. So, yeah, we're going to get into that. All right, so now in the last segment, we're going to talk about life after football for your client, because that's something that you're really passionate about. Is it's like, you yeah. know, it's one thing to be an NFL agent and, you know, to work with guys when they're actually in the league. But as famous Sheik Luch said, you're going to be older a lot longer than you're going to be younger. Shout out to, to, to the facts. locks. They're from Westchester also. For sure, for sure. So <laughs> what does that look like? Because I know you were talking, that's something that you're real passionate about as far as like, you know, helping them out and like even with charities and things of that nature. So like, right. what, what's that look like having like the career after football? Well, right now, because I've been in it about, you know, 16 to 18 years, around that time, some of my first guys, some are already retired, but you know, some of my bigger guys are now, you know, starting to come upon retirement. And, like, for example, one guy, uh, Percy Harvin, has hired me. I used to be his agent when he was in the league, and now he's hired me to be his business manager. And what's that doing is basically finding businesses for them to start with, to, to start up and to get involved with. Not managing their money or anything like that, but, like, for example, some wants to get into uh, cannabis, some wants to get into... Uh, real estate, some wants to invest in tech. 
So just working as a business manager, when I recruit these guys, I, I, I ask them, you know, and I let them know, like, this is something I love to do. I love to work with athletes. And even when they're done playing, hopefully it'll be an opportunity where I could continue to work for them. I've gained that trust where they allow me to help them with their businesses, you know, as they're not playing anymore. It might be things as uh, simple as just keeping their football camp going in the off season, mm. you know, or something like, you know, creating a, a golfing event to give back to a charity or something like that. So it's not just always doing things for profit, but also getting their name out there. And I, I always try to tell my guys, you know, do things for company while you're maximize your worth while you're playing. Once you're done playing, nobody cares about you, you know, unless you're a Tom Brady type guy. Yeah. 37 Super Bowls or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But these companies might not need you when you're done. So do little things. I encourage them to do things, to do speaking engagements and things like that for a company, even though it might not be paying anything that's going to make a real difference for them. Do that because they'll remember that after you're done playing. And sometimes that could be the difference between you picking a job or a job picking you or a career once you're done. You know what I mean? You want to be able to do what you want to do when you're done playing. So that's what I try to set up for them. So, so the average uh, NFL career is short-lived, right? So these athletes could be done playing by 25, 30 years old. Easy. So what, what is the toughest thing as far as that transition period that you see with, with your athletes? Finding out what they want to do after football. What they want to do for the – you still got – Two-thirds of your life. Right? Right. What they, they tell us, they, they're trying to give us, what, about 75, 85 right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so what you going to do when you, if you're done at 25, whether you're rich or not? You know, what are you going to do? Because even if you're rich, that money's going to run out if you're not doing anything. So hopefully they have a good financial advisor and they, mm-hmm. they, they downsize in what they're, you know, in their, their living. You know, you don't, you never need three cars. But All right. So um, one thing I, I was curious about, what's the difference between negotiating contracts for players and negotiating endorsement deals? Because that's something that you do as well as far as the agent is concerned is endorsements, well, right? Well, negotiating so, is negotiating. So when you say negotiating a contract, well, what, what you mean by that? Like, what, well, like what, as far as, all right, difference so like, um, all right, an NFL player gets drafted and you have to negotiate the contract, right? Right. And the guarantees and stuff like that. But right. then they, they, you know, Coca-Cola wants to, you know, endorse them. So that's a different... I would assume conversation, right? Like, how does that yeah, work? Yeah, more. Well, you, you're still selling your client to both. You know, you're selling your client to a team. You're selling your client to a brand. Uh, a lot of times, you got to make sure it's the right fit. But that that goes also with football. Also, you know, sometimes I guess the difference, but I, I, it's very similar because I was going to say, you got a brand like Coca Cola that mm. might say he's the right fit for us, but. This, that, and the third. Same thing with the Raiders. They might say he's the right fit for us. So I don't think it's too much different. Now, of course, the contracts are structured much different. Right. And, and doing an endorsement contract, you're not governed by anybody. So, of course, it's different. It's really just whatever you're agreeing, and agreeing on and the language in the contract on, on what that brand is offering. Now, uh-huh. the, the endorsement deals are a lot shorter. What, what is, like, the average term for an endorsement deal? Uh, I would say it's, a lot of that's year by year. Okay. You know, in, in most cases, it's year by year, season by season. You know, you know, your average 
a pair, uh, you know, shoe deal might be for about two, two years, maybe three years, the most, something like that. Yeah, I remember uh, Iverson had the legendary lifetime Reebok. Yeah, lifetime, and now LeBron has. A now lifetime. LeBron has a lifetime Nike, Nike deal. Nike. Like those things, you got to yeah. be super level. There you go. Right, right, right. Where they know they're going to sell your likeness for years and years after. Yeah. Years. I think they just they just built a whole uh, building for building LeBron. For LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where? And at the Oregon Nike, Nike, I yeah. saw that. I at saw LeBron Oregon. post something like that. Yeah. So, all right. Speaking about LeBron, so you're a football guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you played football and you're a football agent, but you have ties in basketball also. Uh, AAU circuit. Yeah. Uh, yes, I know your sons play AAU, and you've been around basketball. Love for, it. That was actually yeah, love it. Yeah, Go a ahead. long time. Probably longer than you played the football, right? Or same time? Same or? time. Eight, nine years old. Seven, eight years old. That's what, you know. But of course. My made my living playing football when I say living got scholarship. Yeah. College, you know. So as far as AAU is concerned for basketball, we were talking off camera like how big it is and a lot of times people don't fully Huge. understand. Like can you just like briefly talk about that? Like what's the influence of AAU on college basketball and just basketball? Well, it's a big in business general? right now. It's a big business and that's where you you know, you heard all the corrupt things that was going on, you know, and the charges or the feds came in and, you know, the whole the whole thing with our Adidas and a yeah. couple of college coaches, you know yeah. what I mean? It's such a big bottom line. These brands want kids in their brands. Their their big picture is to make money off a player once they become pro. They need the next LeBron. They need the next Allen Iverson, like you said. And that's how they make their money. They need the next uh, uh, Under Armour wants the next Steph, the next Steph Curry. So what they do, they go out and sponsor AAU teams. And they give them a lot of product and pay for them to travel. And hopefully that will funnel them to uh, their brand college. And it goes from there. Hopefully at the end of the day, they get that player wearing their shoes where they're going to sell those shoes for X amount of dollars and they make their Yeah, money. it's like that influence that will live with them, yeah, right? So like right. at 11 when we gave you all those sneakers. Right. Now right. you're 18. Right. And they get directed towards schools too, right? So like they have the they, AAU camp. They're not now. supposed to, but that's what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know. Because like an Adidas school, and then you had Adidas high school, now yeah, you, you go to Adidas. I, Adidas grassroots program. Exactly. You know? you go to Hopefully Adidas at college. the end of the day, you sign with Adidas. Right. And they well, sell, and they give you well, it's a like, it's picture. like It's like um, another person from our town that you may not know be from our town, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Did you yeah, know did you yeah, yeah. Well, I know his, uh, his dad. I uh, knew of, you know, me yeah, and his dad yeah. knew it. We worked out a couple times. For the together. Mets, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he was with the Mets when I used to work out before yeah, I went yeah, to Yeah, so I don't know if it was a coincidence or not, but obviously he went to Louisville. Which is, which is which uh, is um, Adidas school, and right. now he's Adidas is one of the Adidas premier man. athletes. Yeah, he, he has his own shoe, right? Yep, yeah, he got, got his own shoe. Spider Man, Spider- Spider- yeah, 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 for sure. So shout out to him. Send me some for my kids. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. So all right, so okay. As far as um, you know, picking an agent, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna end it with this. What what, what should because a, a lot of guys in the league listen to us, and a lot of aspiring guys, you know, have dreams of going to the league, and even parents and, and things of that nature. What should somebody look at when they're evaluating picking an agent? Like in, in your opinion, like well, how how do you part, do that? You want to make sure he's experienced. You don't want to be a guinea pig. You know what I mean? Um, if you blow your knee out, you're going to go and get surgery by the guy who did 3,000 surgeries, or you're going to go with the guy who just did one surgery. You know what I mean? Now, how does that guy with that one surgery get you know, known? you got to work on just somebody who's doing a lot and eventually, like you said, get your break. But you don't want to be a guinea pig. That's number one. So you want to go with somebody with ex, um, experience, expertise, and you want them to have power. You want them to have juice to be able to talk 
for you in the league. You know, the owners aren't your friend. You know what I mean? So you want to go and do contracts for yourself. They know, they love it. They would love that. They love when they hear the mom is working as the agent or he's going to represent himself because they're going to take advantage of you. And then for the most important part, once you get past that, somebody you can relate to and you can trust. When you sign with them, you can't trust them at that point yet if you just met, met them uh, during the recruiting process. So that's going to come with time. But somebody, who's that guy you, you, can, you have the least trust issues with and that you have a relationship with? Everybody's different. Some guys I meet, we just don't click. Some guys I hit right off, they, you know, and you can feel it sometimes. You know what I mean? So everything's different. Everybody's different. But go, you want to look for somebody you can relate to and you can trust. That's for the most part. Nah, that's dope, man. So once again, man, thank you for, for joining us, yeah, man. man. Like I no, said, it's a special hometown, you hometown you heroes edition. guys in, in, in my hometown. Yeah. <laughs> you guys was what, elementary school when I was getting out of, coming out of high school. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for <laughs> sure. So it's good to, you know, have role models. It's good yeah. to have role models. Thank and you, and you. hopefully we, we continue to do what you did, you know, give right, some inspiration right. to people younger than us and even people older than us. You know, you can never be ashamed to learn from somebody um, no matter what age they are. So how can the people contact you and what should you have any initiatives or anything going on that you want to make people aware of? Uh, not right now. You know, right now, you know, a couple, a couple of business endeavors um, throughout Atlanta, but, you know, nothing where I need to promote. Okay. You know, right now, my main focus is being the best NFL agent I can. You know, I'm a family man. You know, I'm you know, uh, married with two kids. You know, I didn't mention that before. I got an eight-year-old son and a 12-year-old son. They have in sports, and I have a wife, Katrina. She uh, works in the school system. She's a media specialist. She loves doing that. So, you know. Right now, that's my focus, being the best, you know, husband I can do and dad and, and, you know, focusing on being an NFL agent and see where it takes me in my upper years, you know. Right. Love working with athletes, you know what I mean? Yeah, for so. sure. Sure. Troy. Yeah, so shout out to everybody on our Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash Ernie Leisure. That's our proud to pay program. Uh, like we said, there are five tiers. You can join at any tier. We have new members uh, every week, man. So we just want to give a huge shout out to them. Um, they allow us to come to different cities, come to Atlanta, come to Chicago, go to L.A. and Houston and, and have networking events. So shout out to y'all. Continue to support that. Continue to su support the merch. Uh, we have our tour merch up there now. So check out the, the, the new site, the new design site. Um, shout out to everybody that was behind that, uh, getting that, getting that out. So when we can't, went to Houston, people were asking, how do we get the EYL Houston tour shirt? is now available. So make sure you go cop that, cop the Chicago one. Um, yeah, man, keep supporting that. Yeah, yeah, and once again, um, shout out to the to the city of Atlanta. It's always a good time when we out here, and um, shout out to the town of Greenberg. That's where we come from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very special place. Very funny place. <laughs> um, and you guys, just know you guys are safe here in Atlanta. Shout out to Mike. <laughs> oh man. Um, my book tip of the week is uh, Soul Influence, and that talks about grassroots basketball, just kind of piggybacking our conversation that we had on AAU basketball. And once again, especially for parents, a lot of times, you know, I'm a parent myself, and my son plays basketball now, and he's starting to talk about he wants to be on AAU teams and things of that nature. So it's a very competitive landscape, but unfortunately, it's a lot of corruption, like all things. Um, right, right. So you just got to navigate that. And um, it's also important for athletes to – to not just play the game, but to understand that, you know, there's a, there's a career after that and the flip side of that. And that's why every player that's coming into the league and all the parents and coaches, y'all need to holler at my man Greg so he can set you up, right? Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So once again, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.
This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.